Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey, Iz. Hi, Em. I need to tell you guys what just happened right before we started recording. Isabel had posted a screenshot of our text conversation from earlier today, which was her sending me the tweet from Brian Moylan that said, warning, tonight's Real Housewives of New Jersey includes a photo of shirtless college-aged Evan Goldschneider, and it is dot, 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 excellent. And I responded, no, dear Lord, grant me the strength. (laughs) And we're just like going through our stories before we start recording. And Jackie (laughs) screenshotted and posted our story. (laughs) I didn't even tag her in it. So funny. And by the way, I didn't even tell you I was storing that. I just was laughing out loud to myself and storied it. And then all of a sudden I saw Emma reply, LMAO. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just so funny. I was like, I can't believe that Jackie is not only seeing me kind of thirsting over her husband, but also celebrating it. (laughs) I mean, listen, when your husband looks like that, I don't think you have an option. I completely agree. Also, the other thing that I just want to mention, which isn't news, but I am loving the photos from Carl and Lindsay's vacation in Mexico. I know. We only spoke about this briefly. I also just posted a comment where Lindsay is sort of like saying she likes a suggestion for a wedding hashtag that someone gave. But the whole thing is so great, but also makes you feel a little weird, especially because of what we're watching go down live on Summer House, where they feel like such brother-sister and like no romance at all. And I know they've been there before and it's sort of like history repeating itself, but I love how close friends they are. But then also when I'm watching her room tour and she's like, there's babe, I'm like, what? Where? What's going on? I know. I'm obsessed with it. It's just taking me a second to adjust. But that's why I always say when you have a friend in your life where even if it's totally platonic, you never know. Like I don't think that you can ever write something fully off because when the timing aligns and you already love that person so much as a human and you're already so compatible, sometimes it just happens. Yeah. And what she said in this post that she did was that having such 
a deep friendship was really such a solid foundation to create their relationship. And I agree. I mean, I think for both of them, that was something that was so important and was the reason that they never were able to really connect with the people that they were dating. So it just all sort of makes sense. It does. I mean, my first boyfriend, we were best friends for three and a half years. I used to think, oh my God, never. He's my brother. I would never. And then it just happened one night and I was in love with him for like six years. You know, I truly, truly believe in that. Yes, for sure. Anyway, so I guess we're doing Miami, then Summer House, then Jersey, then touching on OC. That's the plan we had agreed on beforehand. Do you still feel good about that? (laughs) Agree. Handshake emoji. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Our thing is we love Miami so much, but we're still trying to get a gauge on how many people are watching solely because of the peacock element. And initially we weren't really sure, but it seems like based on our DMs that a lot of people do watch. So of course, if you don't feel free to fast forward this part, but I, I think more people are watching than we had initially thought. I get such a weird thing in my head that it's not on Bravo. So it feels off for us to start our Bravo podcast with it. But then most of our DMs, when we do discuss it, are things about Miami just because it's so damn good. I love this show and I it gets better every week, I think. The other thing I have to say is, honestly, you know how much I love Salt Lake City. I was so relieved that there wasn't an episode this week. Like I just needed a one week break. No, Em, I, I felt like I got an email from my teacher that said that they're postponing a test a week, (laughs) you know, where it's like, oh my God, like a weight off my shoulders. And I love it. Not that I love a test, but I love Salt Lake and I do want to know what happens. I just, it's a lot. It hurts my head. It was just getting a little bit too chaotic. I think we all just need a one week breather. We'll come back and we'll we'll be stronger than ever before. And I think it's the finale. And then we have the reunion, which I cannot even... I can't even picture it. That's how crazy I feel like it's going to be. (laughs) Okay. So starting with Miami, which I know technically this isn't about the episode, but I do just want to get it out of the way. Clearly there was a lot of conversation about Kanye in this episode and it wasn't so much the content. It was more so what that sparked between Adriana and Larsa, but because this is relatively timely given everything that's going on with Kanye and Kim this week. I know Julie and I talked about it at length on Monday's episode. I'm sure we're going to talk about it again later this week or next Monday, but I just want to start out by saying, although I do have a lot of compassion for Kanye because he is clearly not in a solid mental state, what is going on right now is absolutely abusive. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's abusive and it is harassment. And I can't stress enough that even though we're going to talk about this and it's a fun, lighthearted conversation because that was the tone of the episode, I can't ignore, I feel like morally responsible to just acknowledge what is happening as not entertainment, not a fun thing that we're all tuning into. These are people's lives and it's gotten to the point now, even for Monday, where it is so scary. I genuinely feel that this is abusive behavior. A hundred percent and it's changing by the second, but I will say just to like bring it back to Housewives because we could easily turn this into a Kardashian episode. I couldn't believe the timeliness and the overlap almost of like, yeah, this did have nothing to do with Kanye technically, but just like Larsa talking about their marriage and how much she knew and almost felt like she was in the middle because she was friends with both of them. And then again, the conversation, yeah, it ended up being about the one time Adriana saw his penis in a bathroom at Art Basel, but still just the mentioning of Kanye, I couldn't believe the timing, how it lined up. And I just could imagine the producers as all of this goes down this week saying, oh my God, how newsworthy will this be that now the topic of conversation this whole episode with Larsa Pippen is Kanye? 
I mean, it's crazy. It's it really is crazy the way that this went down. I, I mean, they could have never planned for this. Obviously, it's, and, and I'm sure. By the way, Larsa is not thrilled about that. Like I know she does like attention, and she's definitely at times been accused of being kind of thirsty. But I really do not think this particular narrative is one that she wants her name circulating in while this is all happening. I just don't feel that way. No, I think she feels embarrassed about it. I think the whole thing was like she didn't want this to get out there because say what you want. Larsa obviously still cares so deeply what Kim thinks and Kanye, but specifically what Kim thinks about her and how she looks at her. And like, you know, at the end of the day, the po- the power dynamic here is very clear. And it, it just, you could feel that she didn't want to talk about this, which we'll get into, but we were saying we really do respect that wish. And we also do see Adriana's side, or at least I felt like I did, but just the pure idea that Larsa saw where this direction was going and probably in her head was seeing already what the headlines would look like and how Kim and all of their friends or ex-friends would be reacting. She probably was just like, I don't want this. Yeah. I mean, fuck it. I know this didn't happen first, but let's get right into this since we're talking about it. What I was saying earlier, right before we started recording and then we cut our conversation because we always have to remind ourselves to save it for the podcast is like, I understood where Adriana was coming from in the sense that I do find Larsa to be slightly judgmental. And I do think that she has this energy about her where she thinks that she is better than people and she maybe gets off on being a little bit condescending, whether or not she's conscious of that. But that aside, it's just basic human decency. When somebody is telling you that something you're saying is making them uncomfortable, whether or not you understand their reason or think it's full of shit, you just stop. It wasn't like, here's the thing. It wasn't like this was a situation where Adriana really needed to express her feelings to Larsa over something that happened. And the mere mention of it was overwhelming to Larsa. That's not what was happening here. This isn't a conversation with like Jen from OC and her husband. This was sharing a pointless anecdote that just the mention of Kanye's name was uncomfortable for Larsa. No matter what the reason is, it's just off. You just don't do that. If somebody repeatedly asks you to stop, there's no need for you to be that abrasive. Oh my God. I have so much to say. I feel like, yes, because also it wasn't just about Kanye, like where Larsa was saying, you can't mention his name around me. Like I don't want to be associated with any talk of him. It was like about his penis, which I know is like, sounds so funny, but Larsa was valid in saying like, I am friends or friendly with these people and this, or I was, and this makes me feel really uncomfortable. But then I also can see how that really rubbed Adriana the wrong way. It had nothing to do, I think, with this specific incident. It really had to do with overall how Larsa thinks she's better. And Adriana nailed it. Larsa thinks she's better because she was married to Scottie Pippen. He is so famous, so rich, one of the greatest athletes of all time, was best friends with Kim, adjacent to A-list celebrities forever. She's definitely on a different path now, but she's a known person. And I think she carries that around with her of, I know better, my stories and my image is more important than all of yours. And almost like you guys don't get it. Totally. And I understand from Adriana's perspective how that's very off-putting. You know, people gravitate towards people that are really down to earth. And in some ways, I actually find Larsa to be very down to earth because she's such a straight shooter. At the same time, though, she kind of sticks her nose up. It's like a weird balance. I can't quite figure her out. Mm -hmm. But I I just, what I wanted to say to Adriana was like, this has nothing to do with this one conversation. You have all of these maybe legitimate issues with Larsa and you are totally entitled to hash those out. But the way you're going about it is making you look like an asshole. In my opinion, I'm sure a lot of people loved it because they liked 
Larsa being uncomfortable. I'm not a huge fan of hers. I just found it to be very off. Like she's right when she said to Alexia, imagine if someone said to you, I don't want to have this conversation. It's making me uncomfortable. And they, you kept going at it. Like your average person does not do that. Yeah. And I think again, like I said, it's just that Adriana has been having a very similar issue with Larsa for so long. And this was just a tangible example of like, why should I stop telling my own personal funny story just because you said so and you feel like you call the shots, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think this was the right time for her to pick that battle because Larsa almost did have a valid reason. And I feel like weird defending Larsa in this case because I also think it's all weird, you know? But I do think when we're comparing the two, Adriana should have respected Larsa in this moment. The thing that I was thinking about too was the way that they were talking about the Kardashians was like everybody just understands the gravity that they hold. Like you almost could be like they were talking about the royals. Like she used to have this connection to them and I've been curious about this. And I, like everyone just knows how much power they have. And it's just wild because you think you're just watching reality stars and people who've been around fame and money forever. And it's like, no, Larsa Pippen was in with the Kardashians and now she's not and everybody knows about it. And Adriana kept saying, I was, I've been curious. No, it's crazy. I mean, the gravity of their impact in, in that world is personally unlike anything that I have ever seen because I think people are so aware of their influence. I have to imagine that for Larsa, when shit hit the fan with them, even though she says she's not entirely sure why and she kind of chalks it up to her knowing too much, when all of those headlines started to come in and everyone is talking about it, I cannot even imagine how overwhelming that must have been. And I'm sure she felt on some level humiliated. You know, not that she should have, but almost like what I was kind of thinking as I heard some of their confessionals talking was Larsa having this thought process of like, fuck, I had this shot and I blew it. I'm not saying that's right, but that's like the image that was in my mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like you literally were Kim's ride or die best friend and you fucking blew it. Like that is now, I think, in hindsight, all she probably wants back in life. Not necessarily Kim, but just that elevated level. And I was watching old episodes of Courtney and Kim Take Miami and it wasn't even like Larsa and Kim were just like good friends. They were best fucking friends. Kim is at her house treating Sophia like she's her own daughter. They're shopping together. Lars is giving her life advice about getting married and having kids. Like, she was there. She was there for everything. Then she transitioned more into Courtney's friend, which was a weird phase. And then it all went away. And her just chalking it up to knowing too much, I'm sure she did know a lot. And it, it also made me realize, I guess we weren't aware so much of how much she considered herself also separately close friends with Kanye. It wasn't just a through Kim kind of thing. Exactly, which was interesting because I guess it was a year or so ago when Kanye was going off on Twitter, like they said in this episode, Larsa was one of the main people mentioned, which it's just very interesting. And I clearly there is so much more that went down that we don't know. And I think on some level, Larsa is accurate in her confusion. Like we don't know what happened and I'm sure she's left a little bit confused. That being said, there's so much more. There's, there's so much more. I mean, the stuff with Tristan and Chloe, when she kind of inserted herself into that, I just think that that left a really bad taste in their mouths. And I know we don't have to talk about this. It's not the point of the episode, but like, obviously, <laughs> you mean, Julie, this is literally the only thing that we want to talk about. And I, I just can't believe that she's filming Miami 
And everyone else on this cast is as tuned into this as the rest of us who care about the shit are. That's what I basically am feeling. Right. It's like a worldwide phenomenon. I mean, I just think the the Tristan stuff had to be the straw that broke the camel's back. You don't get rid of a friend like that. They are so loyal, ride or die. That one comment or the way she treated media then had to just be so telling of everything else in the relationship. But I just would do anything to know the real true facts of the story and the demise of their friendship. It does make sense to me though, by the way. Like when I see them now as the people that they are and it's very clear who Kim is and I really feel like through this we're understanding Larsa even more. It it makes sense that they're not friends anymore. I see how completely opposite they operate and not in like the opposites attract kind of way. Oh, totally. I think that I was always kind of confused about that. Again, not to bring it back, but that Courtney's birthday trip, remember? Courtney's birthday trip really stuck with us. But that's what I was saying again about the old episodes. This is Larsa 2.0. Larsa 1.0, that made a lot more sense to me of how they were friends at that time. I watched them together there and it makes perfect sense to me. But those are two different people, both of them, not even just Larsa. So now Larsa 2.0 and Kim, who's you know 2.0, but also still very similar to her old self, make no sense together. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, I think that sometimes you really just do outgrow friendships. And also, by the way, I think just to bring it back to Larsa herself for a second, I think that even though sometimes she handles things in a really tasteless way, I do think that this new phase of her life is really empowering for her. You know, like when she's in her confessionals talking about how she's doing what she wants to do, she's dating who she wants to date, she's kind of living her life in the way that she wants it. I celebrate that for her. I don't judge her for that in the slightest. I think there's a lot of good things that came with this shift. No, completely. And like we were saying, when we th- when we were saying like she felt like she blew it with Kim, I don't think she's upset about where she is now in life. Like I think she really feels like, I'm living my best life and that's all we could ask for her. But there are certain times where I feel like all she wants is to be close to the most famous of the famous. And it was like, wait, I was there at one point. Right. Completely, completely. Anyway. (laughs) Wow. I mean, (laughs) it's just like it's combining everything that we care about and know so much about and how deep it is and how many years of friendship and also just this web of what the fuck went down with them. All we care about is the demise of their friendship and how everything went down with their family and her. So now for it to be re-brought up in this way from a completely different angle on Real Housewives of Miami, which happens to be our favorite show right now, what more can we ask for? Right. And especially given that the person she's in this feud with is Adriana, who is just not letting up in the slightest. Sorry, I want to say my final thought on this because I don't think I was clear about it before. What I think bothered me about this particular scene with Adriana and Larsa was that I felt Adriana was getting off on Larsa being uncomfortable. And that is just the exact opposite of the type of friends that I like to have. Like Julie and I were having that conversation today when we were sitting at lunch, saying like one of the reasons that I think the three of us work so well as friends is because no part of us even playfully gets off on like making fun of the others in front of people, which for a lot of people, that's their love language. It's not done maliciously, you know? But I think that we're all three very in tune with like, if one of us is feeling even a little bit uncomfortable, just to stop immediately, not to push it. And I think that I don't respond well to personality types that really keep pushing it. Like it's always my go-to if I see someone getting uncomfortable to kind of just take a step back. And I think what I'm responding negatively to is just Adriana continuously fucking pushing. It's so it's not even about being on Lars's side. It's just like stop pushing. Yeah, stop pushing. 
It was making Larsa uncomfortable, but also you could feel Larsa saying in her head and not wanting to say on camera, like, I do not want to bring them up. I do not want to get all of these headlines about something so stupid. And now this puts my name with that. I've been through enough. And you also could tell Adriana selfishly was so curious about what happened. I mean, she kept saying it. She wasn't trying to hide it and felt like if she kept pushing Larsa, she would finally admit something or divulge some sort of piece of information that she was looking for answers to. Or maybe it was a rumor she had heard, something about her and Kanye. Who knows? But yeah, it just, it wasn't right. Exactly. Also, I want to talk about the conversation between Nicole, Julia, Gertie, and Kiki when they were at Nicole's just kind of debriefing the Hamptons. Yes. I really appreciated Julia's confessional here when she was giving her own perspective about why the wedlock comment was so off. And I love how she flipped the script of like, wait a second, there's nothing that we should feel judged for. Larsa should feel judged for even saying something like that. Right. She's so right. I mean, this is what we were saying when the conversation went down live is that Larsa giving that dig was not the dig she thought it was. It really made her look bad and her look disrespectful to other women at the table. Like, it, I hated it. Hated it. Because I think it also brings us back. Like, as women, that is just not the direction we're trying to go, right? Like, we are so over Opposite. people shaming women. Right? Yeah, we're so over people shaming women for that. And it's like, you cannot say that as a flex. It's great that you had all of your kids with one man. I'm, I'm happy for you. You guys had a really happy marriage for a lot of years. It doesn't make Nicole any less of a person that she's not technically married to Anthony. Well, again, Larsa says in the beginning of this episode, I have the best resume out of everyone. I was married for so long. I have four children with the same man. Like, I think, again, that's sort of what she carries around as her resume, like she said, and like her past, she carries that around and feels like it's a huge flex and that everyone knows it and is aware of it or is jealous about it. And it's like, you can't, do that. Like, you just can't do that. I hate that comment. And every time they bring it up and then also seeing them breaking it down with each other after made me so just upset and pissed off because it was so unnecessary. Well, I think the thing though with Larsa is because she got married to Scotty so young that she was really proud as she should have been of the life that, you know, she built with him. And I think that what happened was that for a while she was like evaluating her worth in terms of her ability as a homemaker, kind of like her ability as a homemaker and a wife. And even though she's kind of transitioned out of that, I do think it occasionally comes up. And this moment was a perfect example of that, of like, she still holds those as some of the biggest accomplishments. I don't know if I'm conveying that point well, but that's what I mean. No, I agree. But I also think this is directly the kind of thing that Adriana is talking about, where she says, you make everybody feel like a second class citizen if they're not like you or don't do things in what you view as like the right way or the best way or the coolest way or the most traditional way. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, if it's just, <laughs> no, I'm just, if when you have the group of like Julia, Gertie, Kiki and Nicole all together, to me, it's like, that is such a fucking powerhouse. You add an Alexia into there, forget about it. That like Larsa doesn't stand a chance. You know, no, I mean? it's, it's trustworthy narrator central. Exactly. I want to briefly touch on Lisa and Lenny. I know there's not a hell of a lot to talk about. No, I could watch them all day. Wait, no, I could. That joint confessional is porn to me. Same. I don't even know what it is. I think it's because there's a part of me that feels like they are so comfortable with one another. And then there's a part of me that feels like they don't know each other at all. 
Yes, 100%. And then on top of it, to be watching Lisa's dynamics with her in-laws, which was really like her main storyline for one season of Miami that she was on previously. So to see how it's evolved over time now that there's two grandchildren in the mix and there's a bunch of years and their relationship has changed and also how Lenny fits into all of it. I mean, God, they just like they really love each other, I think, but they also hate each other. Lenny and Lisa. Oh, for sure. I think that there is a lot of resentment they have towards one another for different things. You know, clearly Lisa isn't over the emotional affair that happened, not saying she needs to be, but you know, she's constantly looking through his phone, checking his DMs, which he's very aware of. And I think she holds a lot of anger towards that. And I think that he resents her a lot for feeling like she doesn't put an equal part into the marriage as he talked about when he was listing off the things he thinks she does. Like, it's just a little bit off. I'm not saying they're not going to make it, but it's uncomfortable to watch. Yes. But I will say from episode one, where we saw them, where I felt like, oh God, this is not good. I feel a lot better than I did. Yes. I think that what you and I were both responding really negatively to in that first episode was that he just seemed perpetually annoyed by her. And it's a really shitty feeling to feel like somebody is annoyed by you. That's like, I I can't, you know what I mean? Yes. That's exactly what we were feeling. And I feel it still, but I also feel it less and that it's in a more respectful, playful way than an actually like, oh God, I hate my wife. Yes. And that's the goal or that's at least the hope. Right. At least for them too. Right. So Gertie threw this charity fashion show in honor of her brother and two nieces who passed away in the earthquake in Haiti. Obviously, all of the proceeds were to benefit Haitian children. And I have to say that when Nicole was talking in her confessional about how spectacular of an event it was, I really felt what she was saying. And like, I know it wasn't about the event planning. It was so much deeper than that. And she was clearly so passionate about this. But we saw some of the rockiness she went through with Alexia with the wedding planning. And I feel like Gertie's party planning is such a huge part of her personality that I was so glad she had this event that was so close to her heart to really showcase that in such an elegant way. Yes. You could feel the love that she put into it. And it was just such a beautiful event. And I'm so glad that they all came and were really supportive of it, except Larsa. Well, of course. I mean, she's Gertie was totally right when she said in her confessional, like, this is just not the time or place. And that wasn't Larsa's fault, though. That was also Adriana's fault. It was both of their faults. Yeah, but Larsa also comes three hours late and misses the whole thing. Yeah, that that that's like a to me at that point, it's like just don't come. Right, like just say something happened. I don't know. It just felt really disrespectful, especially because it wasn't just something that she was putting her name on or it was like really she threw it from the ground up and it was in honor of her own family. So that really rubbed me the wrong way too. Larsa had a lot of very revealing moments throughout this episode, probably the most out of any we've seen so far. No, absolutely. And I wonder how it's going to play out the rest of the season because she's, you know, more time to redeem herself is not the end. No, for sure. We also didn't get enough Alexia Marisol for my liking, but it's fine. No. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say about Gertie's fashion show is I loved when she said in her confessional that she really felt the presence of her brother and her nieces there. Like I I just was imagining how she felt on stage. She's looking out into the audience. She put this whole thing together, like so clearly in their honor. And I was hoping that she was going to feel them in that moment. So when she said it in her confessional, I felt so like fulfilled on her behalf. Me too. And and not only to experience it just that night, but to get to see it on 
TV and let like the whole world experience it with you must be a really special feeling. Well, that's kind of what she was saying that to also have the platform, I mean, without saying it, she was basically saying for this to go on television, just millions of people. Yeah. Anyway, is there anything else from this episode that you would like to mention? No, I can't wait for next week. Alexia's bachelorette party at the Versace mansion where Adriana yells at Larsa about Kim Kardashian. Are you kidding? No, fuck me up. And the conversation that we see a little bit of between Julia and Adriana, also very interesting. Yes, very interesting. I need you to know, I am obsessed with that dynamic. I could watch them. I'm not getting for the full hour. Same, I love them. But I also feel like they're kind of funny friends. Like I almost would never pair them up together if I didn't know that they were already friends. Well, I think I completely fucking agree with you, but I think the reason it works is because Julia brings out a far softer side of Adriana, and that's the only reason the friendship works. Oh, she completely melts her. She yeah, she really transforms her and that it's so telling, right? Like their connection because Adriana isn't like that with most people. No, with anyone that we've seen at least. Yeah. But I think Julia just sort of has that magic power. We've talked about that. Yeah, the fact that I'm literally obsessed with her. <laughs> with her. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's do Summer House. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom, because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Tell me if you agree with this and also what you guys think about this. 
I feel like this episode was the most visibly annoyed I had seen Amanda be with Kyle. And to clarify my point, I mean like not directly following an event. Like nothing happened right there that sparked all of this. It was kind of just, you know, growing frustration. Did you feel that way? Yes. When she says to Paige and I think Lindsay, oh, I have to sleep in bed with him. Like I just don't even want to be in the same room as him for no reason, just purely annoyed. Like like Lenny Hochstein to Lisa, like just like, right. ugh. Even the next morning when she's sitting outside with Paige and she's like, fuck, Kyle is the worst. Yeah. Like she just is like, oh my God, who am I, who am I marrying? I know. I, I really felt it when they were sitting across from each other at that dinner that she was, this is a really harsh word to use. I feel mean even saying it, but it was honestly how I felt. I felt like she was disgusted by him. She had the ick. She had the ick. Totally. Is that, can you have that with your fiance? Um, Of course you can. I think it also can come and go. And just when you feel a certain way or in a certain environment, I think she just really had the ick for him after what went down the first weekend. And then on top of it, his sort of lack of showing up for her birthday, all of it together was like, ugh. It, it almost gave me the energy that people feel when they live with a friend or a roommate. And it's like, you just lived together a little too long or you've both been home at the same time a little too often and you're just sick of each other. And it's not necessarily personal. It doesn't mean you don't want to be friends anymore, but it's like, okay, I'm just kind of over you. Totally. And I think that the thing with Amanda and Kyle is that no matter what, she typically exhibits so much patience to the point where we're all like, how is this even possible? And this was an episode where I was like, okay, you're reacting like most people I know would react. Like you're just fed up and you're showing it and you have every right to. Yes. And it's also kind of nice that she could say to her friends, Kyle's the fucking worst. And they can be like, yeah. And they move on and it's okay. Right. And it's almost like an understanding. Not that it should ever have gotten to that point, I guess. But I also think that is a normal feeling where, ugh, I'm just like so annoyed with them today. I don't even want to be dealing with it. Yeah. Which would be a far less concerning comment if this wasn't so frequent. You know what I mean? Like if he didn't continually fuck up. And again, I genuinely do not think Kyle is a bad guy at all. And I do think that he deeply loves her. I just think he has a lot of maturing to do. Yeah, I guess when it's like, oh, you actually can have a reason to not like him, it, it makes it a little bit more real, not so jokingly. But you know what? If that's her coping, then good for her. Yeah. So I know this kind of happened towards the end of the episode, but I really thought that it was so impactful. And I want to talk about the conversation that Maya and Sierra had both separately, but really with the house. Yes. You know, I have to say, I feel like, especially recently, there's been a lot of conversations about race that have arose on different Bravo shows, which is great. It's a conversation we all need to be having more of. But so much of the time, I feel like the people of color that are being so brave and speaking up are met with either frustration or just a lack of understanding or really just a lack of listening. And one of my biggest takeaways from this conversation, in addition to the strength and transparency that both Maya and Sierra showed, was also like a real sense of community around them. And it just felt like such an honest conversation that I don't think we typically see because so much of the time there's so much defensiveness on the receiving end. And it was a combination of them being so fucking transparent and open and and willing to express how they were feeling. And then also, I think the house really hearing them. Absolutely. I mean, Ryan Bailey tweeted, leave it to Summerhouse to have one of the best conversations on race Bravo has had to date. 
And when I saw that while I was watching, I was like, yes, I feel like this was the kind of conversation that everyone else has been almost trying to have. And in some way, not to any fault, anyone trying to have the conversation, but maybe they just weren't being heard or people didn't know what to do. And this just felt like the most authentic and also a welcomed conversation. And it just, everything about it was, I think, as real and vulnerable and transparent as you possibly could ask for. I honestly think that one of the reasons for that was because of the age demographic of this show. Like, I genuinely feel like our generation has such a better understanding and has so much more comfort in just having those conversations. Obviously, there's so much work that has to be done. Like, so much. But I really do think that aside from all the other factors, maybe the closeness and also Sierra and Maya just being so fucking open, like I was really taken aback and and moved by their display. But on top of that, I do think that there's just like a general difference based on the age. Yeah. I mean, we're not dealing with some of the housewives here. It definitely made a big difference. And I felt like it was so necessary, important, of course, for the house to have. But again, for all of us, as viewers to watch and sort of reflect on and listen to their words and look at our own lives and see how everybody can do better. It just felt like such a important moment, not just for all of them sitting together, because I do think it will change the dynamic of the house for the better, but just for anyone watching to sort of have that moment. And I struggle with this concept because obviously I know how important it is for these conversations to be had and to be witnessed. At the same time, though, I very much understand that like, it's not the job of people of color to educate their white friends on how to be or what's the right way to act. Like That is not their job. And I have to imagine it's fucking so exhausting to continually have to do that. That being said, I would be lying if I said that I don't think every single viewer is benefiting from the emotional rawness of Maya and Ciara. Like I thought that what they did was nothing short of just remarkable. It was like, I can't imagine what that must have taken to not only have the conversation with the group, forget about even talking about it with everyone, even to say that in their confessionals, like to bring up the trauma from their childhood and to really discuss and dissect why those moments were so triggering. That is so hard to do. Like I cannot even imagine the pain that that must have stirred in them. And I just have so much respect and admiration. And I, I really think we can all learn so much just from listening. Absolutely. And doing it on top of all of that on a huge public platform, which opens the conversation up to everyone. It was really incredible. Completely. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. 
Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I didn't even see this until 30 seconds ago. I see that you wrote on the outline, quote, they need to stop trying to make Sierra and Alex happen. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally stop. It's never going to happen. I almost feel like because they are two hot single people who made out one time, not even a good makeout with spin the bottle. It's like, oh, should we or shouldn't we? Like, you know what? Sometimes you just don't need to. I know. And don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled for Lindsay and Carl. I want them together. But when I saw the preview for next week, when Sierra is making out with a blindfolded Carl. I'm like, yes, that is the content that I want. Like that I fucking live for. Yeah. Listen, I'm sure Alex is a very great guy and he will of course find somebody. I just am not feeling the chemistry between them and I don't feel like we need to push it. Right. Exactly. And we've seen that Sierra can have such intense chemistry with so many other people that like, I want that for her. Exactly. I feel like we know what her chemistry looks like now. And it's just, you know what? It's not there. If you get bored maybe, but I feel like because Carl is there and they sort of have something coming. I don't know. I don't need it. I have to say though, I did appreciate when Alex was saying in his confessional after Kyle told him that Sierra thinks that he's just like a little bit too type A for her when he was like, yes, I am very regimented, but I wish that she could see that like that also translates to the way I am with commitment. Separate and aside from Sierra, like I know him and Sierra isn't happening, but I really appreciate it as a person that he like took that quote criticism and like was self-aware to acknowledge it as true and then also like not turn it into a positive but just like not shame himself for it I don't know I thought that it was kind of cool how he did that right because how easily he could have just said no I'm, I'm not you know I'm really chill and laid back no he knows the truth about himself but he also knows how that sort of manifest into his relationship life. It almost felt like when people are really smooth during a job interview and they say, what are your weaknesses? And it's like, you know, I'm a little too hard on myself. I'm a little bit too organized. Like you sort of flip it on its back and really show how like it can be a good thing. Right. Exactly. And he was like, no, I, yeah, I am fucking ridiculously anal, but that has its perks. Right. Right. That's like how I feel about you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my God. I look like a fucking disaster compared to him. No, I know. I just like, I just wish you could pack for me. That's really what it is. <laughs> I told you it's all about the packing cubes. She packs in these packing cubes. You've never seen anything like it. And then there's no, me. I mean, I, I just... wish there was a packing Olympics. I'd be a goddamn gold medalist. <laughs> 
Also, the conversation between Paige and Craig on the phone was fascinating because we are watching really the building blocks for what turns into a very long-term relationship. Right. Like you feel it becoming more than just we're hooking up. You can sort of tell he's feeling jealous. He's thinking about her. He is also wanting to kind of comfort her with this Kristen situation and make sure that she knows that either it's fizzling out or not really happening anymore and that he cares more about her than having Kristen to hook up with, which I think is the most interesting thing. And she is totally feeling it too. But then simultaneously while that's happening, Andrea continues to be more and more all over her and complimentary and sort of touchy-feely and very vocal about how he feels about her, which I feel like we had not seen at all before. Like this doesn't even feel like the same person who was in Vermont. Oh, for sure. I mean, he just like felt safer, I guess, to open up more. Here's the thing though. I think that Paige, like she said in the episode, loves the attention from Andrea. And I think she's very attracted to him and they have a lot of fun together. But I think her even showcasing this as like, I'm really torn was actually so much more like a self-preservation tactic because saying that she's not torn admits how deeply she was falling for Craig. And I think that that felt really scary because it was a little bit uncertain. Yeah. And then it also had to do with Andrea being right in front of her. And if she didn't know what was going on with Craig, how easy could it be to just literally turn around and make out with Andrea right on the spot? Whereas if Andrea and Craig had both been in the house all the time, I think it would have been a no-brainer. Completely one million thousand percent. And I can't blame her. Why wouldn't she be having fun with this like ridiculously hot 6'4 guy? Oh, 6'4. Good. You gave him back his inch. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else from Summer House or should we do Jersey? No, but it was really such just an amazing episode. It's it's a fucking amazing show. Like I, it I, is. I yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah, give give them all the Emmys. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. 
It's an intuitive process, so you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, and it's convenient, so desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline, and it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Remember how our joke for so long was that nobody moved more chaotically than the Kardashians? Yeah. Like Dolores and Frank take the cake a million times over. <laughs> that is the energy of when Kim and Kanye moved into Chris Jenner's house and said it was going to be for a couple of months and it ended up being for like literally three years. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Kim brought North home from the hospital and moved out when she was going into kindergarten. Right, exactly. And that's what's happening here. And you're sensing all of their frustrations rising. And I so get it. I mean, this is such a backward situation. Everything about it is really frustrating. Most being that Frank is the one who is in charge of whether the house gets done or not. Like I've I've seen firsthand how renovations go and you know what? You always get pissed at your contractor. It's a it's a big problem and then to be married but not really married and living but not really living with your contractor who also happens to be your ex-husband who cheated on you and your children are going to move in and are pissed that you're not moving faster. It's like oh my god, I can't believe they even killed each other. No, but thank God she has that townhouse. Also, the thank subtle God. mention at the end that her and David. I know. I feel like, well, in real time, we knew this was coming because she's been posting with some new guy and of posted course. for him for Valentine's Day. But it, even in the show, she slowly was mentioning like, we don't really see each other that much. And I got to be honest, I'm pretty sad about it. I am too, just because I genuinely felt like he was such a good stand-up guy, but I'm really not because she's right. She, as she said to Frank, he's smart enough to know that nothing's changing and she's smart enough to know that she wants more. Like It was just never going to work even though they have a lot of love for one another. Yeah, and I'm glad that she did make that decision because there was a huge period of time, think about last season, where she was sort of bending her own needs to meet what he was willing to give. And I think she was like, wait a minute, this does not feel right. Even what she said about the health stuff of, you know, God forbid something happened. I want to be able to have some say in this person's life who I love and live with and get to be with. Like it didn't feel right. And she couldn't get that commitment, but there was, remember that time where she was willing to say, I don't, I, maybe I don't need it. It's fine. I'd rather just stick around with him, but I'm glad she re reprioritized herself. It was so clearly one of those things where she had to come to the decision herself because remember yeah. she was so pissed at everyone for yes. even questioning like her her willingness to stay in something that she was maybe unhappy in. She really was in denial for a second there. No, and I think looking back at that now as pissed as she was in the moment because she deals with things on her own and doesn't really need people's opinions, she probably will realize they just had my best interest in heart because they know I'm not the kind of person who will just quickly flip my, you know, my beliefs and my needs and wants for somebody else. And it felt very uncharacteristic of her. Completely. I also have to say that when they were doing the photo shoot for Gia's merch, 
The photographer is my makeup artist. Her handle is at makeup underscore Kara. She is so incredibly talented. She like the best just, ever. Like the best ever has been working with us since April 2017. We love her so much. I can't even tell you how much I love her. She is one of my favorite people ever. She actually just announced her pregnancy on Instagram. And she's so talented, so incredible for makeup, for photos, for everything. And I just love seeing her on there because she's a piece of my heart. <laughs> and I, I would literally was freaking out when I saw her. And she has amazing tutorials on Instagram and YouTube. So yes, definitely, definitely check her, her out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to talk about the conversation between Evan and Jackie, and we should give a trigger warning here for disordered eating. This to me was really an incredible conversation to go down because it had two main factors that were both, in my opinion, phenomenal. The first was Jackie just being so vulnerable and clearly saying all these things that she had kept hidden for so long. And I have to imagine that a lot of the times like secrecy can breed shame and there's nothing worse than feeling ashamed over something you shouldn't feel ashamed for. So then to say it out loud is liberating. But the second aspect of it was how receptive and supportive Evan was. Like when I used to work with kids that were going through this, the way that he responded was the exact way that you would have dreamed for the person you're confiding in to respond to. Like hearing you, not passing any judgment, letting you talk, being so supportive to the idea of you getting help. Like he really showed up in that moment. I know it's not about him, but I think for her to have a partner that's like emotionally intelligent enough to have those conversations is going to be so beneficial to her journey. Totally. This whole thing really blew me away because yes, of course, it was so brave of her over these past couple of seasons to share her story and also talk about it as mostly a thing of her past, but also something that she deals with every single day. But then to feel comfortable enough with everyone and also real and raw enough to sort of share when you feel like you're slipping back and not just put on this like face of perfection or that you have it all together, I just feel like was so honorable. And was it was a real like husband and wife conversation of pain and what's going on in your life. And it didn't just feel like, oh, the kids are away. Let's throw this party. Our life is perfect. And like, that's exactly what we want to see. And the thing that I kept thinking was on one hand, obviously the bigger deal is that she's talking about this in front of so many people and helping so many people in the process. And I think that that requires a lot of like strength and vulnerability and bravery, but also just for her to say this out loud to Evan was a really big deal. You know, like he basically said in his confessional that they haven't really had the conversation in a very long time. And he felt so honored that she kind of confided in him. And like you saw in that moment when he told her that the kids quote notice. Oh my God. That was the first time, you know, that, that was, I really do believe that was the first time she ever heard that. And like the fact that they put that out there for the world to see in real time is really fucking brave. I, I know for one, I personally could not have done that. Me either. I mean, that, that was like as real as you can get and you could feel it sort of absorbing in as she heard that information of how just hurtful and upset and how bad she felt about that and how it really affected her to hear that it not only affects her life, but now is trickling down and kind of noticeable to her kids. I mean, the whole thing was just like as real as I think you can get. And also I 
just I'm so happy and applaud her for allowing us to kind of come on the journey with her because I think now we'll get to see her working on herself. We'll get to hear updates about it when they film the reunion, how she's doing in real time. And I just feel like it's something a lot of people deal with either themselves or with other people in their lives. And when you have housewives that represent so many different things like that, it's it's important. Of course it is. I mean, the thing is with with you know these types of conditions, you can totally overcome them, but they're always with you to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's always something in the back of your mind. It takes a lot of work. And and I just think that her showing that, it's it's really, really admirable. I feel that way about anybody across all franchises that is so willing to to show a hardship like that. Yeah. I mean, that's what you sign up for and it's not easy. It's not just about fighting and willing to like go on girls trips. It's really like, no, we want to see it all. No. And also like – I don't think I'm going to say this well, but I'm going to try and we can always cut it. Like that's why I feel the responsibility as like a commentator that people like as reality stars are only going to feel comfortable to continue to open up in this way if the people that are dissecting it are doing it respectfully. You know what I mean? Like it's not easy to do that. And then you have people maybe ripping that to shreds. So I feel like when somebody's willing to do that, like you got to just give them grace when you're going to talk about it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Oh, pizza Louise. Next thing on the outline. Yes. Oh, a little self-talk. Let's let's get into it. I was so not expecting Louis to be like Brene Brown. Like <laughs> Joe Gorga, Joe Gorga walking into that. He's probably thinking, what the fuck is going on? When he when says, he, We're Italian. <laughs> no, when he says, when he's like, can we just talk it? Like, why do we gotta write it down? <laughs> right. Like it just felt like he he didn't know what was going on. And I also f- could feel that he so badly probably wanted to make a joke about Louis going on that retreat where the video was taken because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the practices and ideas it seemed like came from doing like those exercises where he was and I could just feel it like bubbling out of him but he didn't want to cause a dr- scene or he didn't want to be mean to Louis because I do think at the end of the day he does like him and you know most importantly he didn't want to upset Teresa. Yeah, totally. And I, and by the way, I'm, you know, me, like I'm all on board for these exercises and I love specifically men just like showing this emotional side. I think we need so much more of that. And like Joe Gorga could definitely benefit from a little bit more of these exercises. Yeah, I think they all could. I think the number one problem in the Gorga family in general between Melissa, Teresa, Joe, Joe Judice, the kids, all of them is the lack of communication and sort of knowing how to communicate before it gets to like a level 10. Like just sort of sitting down, having conversation here. So I feel everything doesn't have to be a contentious fight and it's okay to just discuss it. And I feel like they had never, ever spoken out their feelings in such like a calm way before that it almost felt like a breakthrough. Do I think they'll continue to do it You know, every time they sit down for a meal or feel like something's wrong? No. But at least for that moment, it was like, okay, see, we can do this. Oh, completely. But also, I really felt it when Teresa was talking about Louis and she was saying, you know, he's the type that really likes to work through everything and he wants to communicate. She wasn't saying, and Joe Judice was never fucking like this, but that's what you got out of it, you know? Like, this is all very, very new to her. And I think that Teresa is somebody that can really benefit from that. Right. Like, Joe Judice, when she would bring anything up, he would be like, what are you going to do? Right. He, he's not the guy that you want to go to when you're having an issue. No. Okay. Let's quickly talk about Jackie's party. Do you have any initial thoughts you'd like to share? 
Um, no, I mean, I think it was a cute idea. It, I, I, it feels like, I don't know, it was just like a little bit of awkward tension and vibes all around, I felt. The issue that I think I'm having is that I generally really agree with Margaret and I genuinely like her a lot. I think she's very level-headed, but I can't see her perspective here. Like I fully agree with her that Jennifer hit below the belt a million times. She was 100 fucking percent wrong. But the fact that Margaret is removing any empathy from the conversation as if like Jennifer doesn't have a right to be upset that this thing she's kept hidden for 10 years that impacted her deeply and caused her a lot of trauma is now something she has to explain to her children and the rest of the world. Like she's losing me. Margaret is just fucking losing me. And I love her. Like I know. <laughs> it's so hard when like someone that you have pretty consistently agreed with and usually trust their perspective and, you know, have given a trustworthy narrator star at many times becomes not that because I'm so not used to that. I'm used to just like hearing her out and pretty much nodding and agreeing with everything she says. So to not have that feeling is weird. And it sort of flips my viewing experience on its head. And it's hard because like, yes, everything Jennifer ever said to Margaret was absolutely disgusting and terrible and very hurtful. That is true. But Margaret coming back with this and sort of saying, well, if you could say those things to me, I could say these to you. It just... It's almost hard to explain, but it's also just not the same thing. And it's hard to argue that case. And especially as Jennifer, I think Margaret can just keep saying until she's blue in the face, like, how is that different? How is that different? But like, it just is different. The reason that I personally think it's different is because every single thing that Jennifer was saying was already public knowledge. She just put a really disgusting spin on it. She had really yeah. mean opinions. This was something that was not public knowledge. And it's not like Margaret is just bringing this to a group of friends. She's now telling the entire world. Like I, Listen, was it a little ballsy of Jennifer to be going at it so deeply when she knew this was in her closet? Yeah, it totally was. But I, right. I don't know. Like I just hindsight's 2020 at this point. I just wish Margaret would be like, I understand why you're hurting and I felt that it was fair. I still think it's fair, but I also know that you're hurting. And to be honest with you, my intention was to hurt you. Like that would be even a little bit more honest than just completely ignoring why she has any right to be upset. I don't know. People may disagree. I, listen, I'm typically a Margaret fan. I love her. I'm just like not into this. I know. And then now Jackie just trying to be there supporting Jennifer because of what she went through last year and feeling like I can relate. It's like there is nothing funnier than them standing in front of Jennifer fighting over which one of them Jennifer was worse to while still defending them. No, and then Margaret and Dolores then talking about like, no, you're really closer to me. Like, come on, we all know that at the end of the day. And that's how Jackie and Dolores end up getting in this physical altercation. Are you kidding me? How bizarre is that? It just feels like I know Dolores has a temper and I could see sort of how this unraveled. But when you really dial back on what they're fighting about and how they got here, it's absolutely unbelievable. Oh, it's unbelievable. But I think the reason that Dolores is so sensitive to this particular thing is because I think she values loyalty above anything else. And absolutely. I think that if you simplify what Jackie was saying, it was that she was being disloyal to Jennifer. And I just think right. that like she views that as a character assassination, which was why it was deeper than what <laughs> met the eye, which was them both fighting about which one of them is nicer to Jennifer, even though Jennifer sucks. And it's so hard when 
standing in front of the two people who you've better friends with. You're closer to me. Like Marge is saying, come on, you know, Dolores, you're closer friends to me than you are with Jennifer. But Dolores has sort of had this moment where she realizes like Marge wasn't right maybe in this scenario. So yeah, maybe we are closer, but I don't really need to say that right now. I want to have Jennifer's back. And God, it's so messy. I'm just glad almost that Teresa wasn't there because I could just imagine her like standing in the corner, like saying, it was bad when I did it, but now it's not. It was bad when I did it. And now, and just like, Teresa, we get it. We're, we're past that. Yeah, I know. It, it was a blessing in disguise that she wasn't there. Yeah. Anything else from Jersey that you want to mention? No, but shit is going down next week. Yeah. I am also just obsessed with like watching Milani and all of the cousins hang out as they get older. It's really beautiful that we've been able to watch this family grow up together. I mean, Antonia Gorga on TikTok is like a must follow. Yeah, my religion. (laughs) (laughs) I want to briefly talk about OC. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, I couldn't be less excited about it. I know. I just, I I simply don't care, which is not, not good. And I have the best time, like when they're in Mexico and I'm watching Heather and Gina and Emily and even Jen, I really have coming around to like Jen. And when there's fun Shannon, like I'm having fun watching them. I just, the night comes around that OC is on and I'm not running to my TV. I sort of let it slide until I need to watch. And then I watch and yeah, it's good, but I don't feel like OC is back, baby. I think Heather injected a little bit of what we needed, which first and foremost is like that luxury aspiration that I think a lot of us use Housewives as an escape for. She brought that for sure. And it and the drama followed. Don't get me wrong. That first Nobu dinner really gave me something. But it's starting to it's starting to sort of slip off. And I just feel like the Noella plot I'm not into. And there's not that much else going on. I think the biggest issue is that they're not good enough friends. Like Noelle and yeah. Jen being new and they're not really vibing. I don't know. The, it's just off. But the part that I thought was the most interesting this week was the conversation between Jen and her husband. Yeah. I don't do not know how she's married to that guy. I don't either. I mean, it made me so sad when Jen was having like drinks with Heather in the pineapples at her house and she was like, oh, my kids and Ryan are at like end of summer – dinner and I just wasn't invited. Like, I feel like he purposely excludes her from things with the kids or things that are supposed to be like family activities because he says, oh, you wouldn't change your plans. Like you're not going to come and doesn't create the space to say whenever you can, I want you to be there. And you are like the mom and seemingly you work all day to be the breadwinner for our family. Like (laughs) we want you to be included. And it just felt so sad. I I think she just doesn't know what to do at this point. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's so much more that goes on in their marriage that we don't know. And we're seeing it from her perspective. Like I'm sure Mm -hmm. if you sat down with him, he would have a lot of really valid points and like that's their business to work out. I think for me, the conversation when she was like, I just need you to show me that you're proud of me. The fact that it even took her that much to say it shows that one, they don't really communicate that much about their feelings. And that second of all, he doesn't give her that like affirmation. And I- I don't know. Obviously, anytime you watch these shows, like you wanted to watch it objectively, but you watch it through your lens. And I think for me, I'm like such a words of affirmation person that when she was like, even when she was saying, oh my God, this really got me when she was like, I 
heard that from my dad, you know, or something like to that mm-hmm. effect. Like she just wanted him to say it like she was proud. I obviously was thinking in my own life and like, yeah, those are really big shoes to fill. And I, and I so know that I need my husband to, to give me that same like affirmation. And also in Mexico when she wasn't feeling well and her leg was bothering her and you know, when you're away and you're with seemingly like new friends and you're out of your comfort zone and you just like don't feel good and you need that bit of comfort or support or just like a, I, you're doing great, you'll be fine. And to not get it and to just be like by yourself in the hotel gym is a really sad place to be. I was thinking about you specifically in that scene because you are so the type of person that if you were in that scenario, you would not be responding well to it emotionally and you would need your partner to be like so fucking there for you, right? Like in that particular scenario. Yes, a thousand percent. But then it's like when I think about all this, all this to be said about their relationship and how much of the show is focused on it, I wish that we got to know her separate and apart from this because I still don't feel like I know her well enough. Like I am now – in this woman's marriage, and like I don't even feel like I know her. And I think she's great and I really like her. She seems just like a cool, nice girl. And I like her friendship with Heather. I really do. I think they see eye to eye and I think she has a lot of potential. But it's like, why am I now sitting at your kitchen table where you're having this really hard, overdue conversation with your husband? And I feel like we're, you know, you and I are still like on our first date. Right. Yes. At the same time, though. I like it. Can't say I don't like it. No, I can't say I don't like it. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to say, even though in general I'm not the biggest Noella fan, like, why is everyone acting like such a fucking prude? You know what I mean? Like, what, you've never seen a vagina before? This is a phenomenon that I find myself getting really frustrated in across various Housewives franchises where, like, all of a sudden everyone wants to turn into a saint when the conversation of sex is brought on the table as if, like, they don't talk about that on their own time. It's so bizarre. Like, okay, yeah, is she a little bit out there and she maybe tells you too early on in the friendship? Maybe at the same time, though, like, why are we shaming women for sex positivity? Like, I just – I'll never get on board with that. I fucking hate that. No, it's like she has a lot of qualities that I don't really like, and I get why pe- people maybe aren't gelling with her, but that is definitely not one of them. And it's like, right. just like, let her let her be fun. It brings something to the table. You all have your quirks. Yeah, be chill. I just, I just want to say, like, just like, be, be chill. cool. Don't be, be all on uncool. Exactly, exactly. I also loved when they were all at John's house for like the boat, Heather and Terry, Emily and Shane, and Shannon and John, and they felt like they were all just like actual friends. It wasn't the husbands were dragged there to film. It was like, no, this is a real three couples who are friends opening up about their lives and how they grew up and the similarities and also just having like a fucking good time without drama and acting like grownups, which listen, you can't have a whole show like that because then it's like, you're just watching your own parents go out to dinner and eventually that will get very boring. But I do feel like we need moments like this to balance out a Cabo. Oh, for sure. I also, re- I really related to what Emily was saying when she's like, I like watching Shannon on that boat in her element because she exudes a sense of confidence that she typically doesn't. And I know it may seem like a superficial element, but I do think that their love of boating must be bonding because Shannon feels really herself when she's doing that. Yeah. And I think for so long, Shannon was lacking something to feel proud of. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when she's walking around Heather's house, like she is just dwelling on like she used to have this huge estate and she would throw parties there and everyone would arrive and couldn't stop gushing about her house. She had a big house, she had cars, she had money. And then she lost all of that and probably felt a little bit 
of embarrassment. And now to have something she feels so proud of, I know it's materialistic, but it's just the whole package. It's John, who's a great guy. It's the boat. It's the house. It's putting together such a nice evening. I think she just feels like, you know, I have my shit together and I feel proud of that. And that was something that she really didn't have for so many years. No. And Shannon is just a better person and a better friend when she's feeling better about herself as we all are, you know, like that's not just her. We all are like that. So no, but for sure with her, I mean, I think everything. Is there anything else about anything that you would like to mention? I think that's it. Wow. What is a good week of episodes and we didn't even have Salt Lake. I know. Thank God. (laughs) I couldn't have done it. I (laughs) I know. I needed a little breather, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, we will be back next week. We love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. I keep thinking if I explain the Adriana Larsa thing well, but you know what? I did I did my best. It's like, Wait, do you yeah, feel like what this? Do you, mean you did. No, I just always feel like after we finish recording, I'm like, fuck, there's so many other things that I want to say or want to change, but then we'd make ourselves crazy. We already make ourselves crazy, I feel like, with the editing. No, we make ourselves crazy. We listen back a million times, but also if we could or if we wanted to, we could literally sit on here for six hours, talk about it, and not even have said everything we wanted to say. So these are just and, – and what we always say, sometimes we listen back a couple hours later and our opinions have completely changed. So just how we're feeling in the moment, it's just us two little friends talking out our feelings. <laughs> I know. I wish every episode could come with like a giant automated caveat that's like – these are just opinions. They are not based in fact. They could totally be wrong. And if you disagree, that's totally fine. Please just voice that respectfully. <laughs> and sometimes we disagree with our own selves later on totally. too. It's fine. It's not that deep. Like everyone just has to realize this is us recording our hour-long phone call after we watch all our shows. That's really it. That's literally what it is. This is the exact same conversation we would be having if you and I were just talking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.